And I want you to think about three words this morning as we leave. I was going to have a picture of ABS because that's the acronym that we'd use for it, but I decided not to because I didn't want anybody to stumble. <laughs> but the first one I want you to think of is abide. First and foremost, as you're walking on this journey, I want us to all learn how to abide in who? In Him. Abide in who He is for you. In your pain, abide in Him. Don't abide in your pain. There's a big difference. There's no denying our pain. There's no denying that we're struggling. There's no denying that we're having a hard time. But at the end of the day, we are to abide in our Father's love, to, to come to a place where, Father God, there's no other place I can turn to that I know that I need you to be the source of everything. It's a place of intimacy. And it's a place that God is calling all of us to abide. And you know what's hard for all of us about abiding? It takes time. There's no quick way of doing abiding with God. Five minutes is not abiding. I don't know what level of time it takes, but I know that it requires us to slow the ship down a little bit, to put our mind upon God and allow him to reveal himself to us. And you know, I truly believe this. If I was walking with the smartest professor at a college, and I had an exam coming up, and I had my arms filled with books going to my next class, would that be the most effective time for me to ask him all the questions I need to ask him? If I put the books aside, and I sat down at a bench... And I said, I'm going to skip that next class I have because I have 45 minutes to spend with you. How much more effective would that be? And how many times are we like, come on, God, come on, please, come on. <laughs> come on with me. Come on with me. We got a busy day today, and I need, you just to, I need you to keep up with me. And then we want intimacy with our Father, but we haven't been willing to put down the cares and the worries and the stresses of life and say, okay, God, I'm just going to abide in you. I, I, since I've been pastoring, I've found it to be way more difficult to abide than I ever imagined. Like it's a fight for me now to do so because many of you come on my mind, many of the things that I need to do, thoughts I want to share, messages I want to put together, and I have to realize that that's the function of being a pastor. But at the end of the day, if I give you a message but I am not filled with the Spirit of God to deliver that message, what good does it do you? And, and so I have to fight for that time to abide where my mind is constantly running itself. And I often encourage people that when you abide, it's like putting a toddler to bed. When you go and put that kid to bed, mama puts that kid to bed, and mama and the kid walk out, guess who won? The kid. And sometimes it takes 15, 20 minutes, sometimes at her house, 45 or maybe four hours. But you put that kid down and you are persistent until finally your mind settles down and you're allowed to engage with God. And sometimes we don't have the time to do that. The second word I want you to think about throughout this week is become. Who are you becoming? You're becoming a son and daughter of Almighty God, that he is learning and teaching you what it means to have the cry of your heart that says, Abba, Father. What does that mean? So you abide in who he is, and then you become what he's now showing you of who you are. Are you following me? So as I abide, he begins to declare things over my life in the depths of my spirit that I go, there's no way I'm that. And then he's going to now say, that's who I'm calling you to become. We're growing into our sonship. And then the third thought is this. 
to see with a new lens God's goodness in every moment. Go back to that slide with the, uh, the journey. That you're not asking the question all the time, why are we here? Where are we going? And when are we going to get there? Like if you can eliminate when we're going to get there, why are we here, and where are we going from your, your, your conversation, vocabulary with God, and just begin to go, God, who do you want to be for me right here as I face bitter waters? God, my child's sick because he's in the wilderness. Who do you want to be for me right here? God, I'm, I'm just ready to give up and quit. I don't know if I can go any further. Who do you want to be for me right there? What happens is the journey now becomes a reality for all of us. The true intention of God actually becomes, wow, God, I can see you in this whole situation. And it's not until you're finally done with all of this that you can look back and go, I'm thankful for the journey. Because it wasn't about the promised land, it was all about you. It was all about him revealing himself to you. Let me close off with this passage. Jackson, Romans chapter 8. It says, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives, every what? Church, I just want you to know I, I had a plan for my life. I was working the plan perfectly. But it was killing my marriage. It was not healthy. But I held on. But I also believe that he was preparing me to pastor a people like you and to call you out of a place where you live in fear and you live in function. And his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so you hold on to things thinking that that's what God wants for you. And he's so patient and long-suffering, much more than we are toward each other. And yet his plans was differently. And I'm learning just to simply enjoy the journey and enjoy his intention for my journey. That it's not me about reaching the destination of what I hope that promise comes into my life. No, it's about me learning, man, God, this is who you are. This is thrilling to discover these things about my father and to realize who I am to him. And now no matter which route he takes, which no matter what way he goes or how long it's going to take, I'm up for it. Why? Because I realize it's not about the destination. It's about what? Us knowing who he is and who we are to him. And so every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit God's what? Perfect plan of bringing good into our lives for we are his lovers and we have been called to fulfill his design purpose. For he knew all about us before we were what? I hope that brings you comfort. He knew all about you before you were born. He knows what he called you to. He knows the purpose on your life. It was before you were ever born. So if he gave that before you are born, he's not taken away because you screwed up. And it says that, and he has destined us from the very beginning to share in the likeness of his sons. And that's why I'm calling all of you up every single week to who you are in Christ. That you are a son of God. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are an heir of Almighty God. And it's time to rise up and to be who he's called us to be. To go and take the very presence of God out of these doors and into a dark world. And to realize that by the Spirit of God, by the anointing of God, you are light. To a dark world. 
That's who you are. You don't have to become that. You don't have to try to earn that. That's who you are. You automatically have that disposition because of who you are. And as I call you up into those things and you start to go, I believe it. Then the transformation begins. And that's where it gets a little bit rough. From Egypt to brideship is not an easy journey. But he's destined all of us to begin to share the likeness of his son. This means that the son is the oldest among us, a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. So on this journey that God has you on, have you ever felt uncertain about how God, the creator, feels like you? It's like, you can put that picture up of the rose petal. It's like this as we go through that journey. I've been promoted. He what? He loves me. My daughter got sick. He loves me not. I'm feeling real good about God. He loves me. My family's breaking down. He loves me not. And there's one thing after another based upon our circumstance. We live right here. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. That is an orphan mindset that is lurking in all of us to get to a place where we can say with confidence, he loves me. Things aren't going well. He loves me. Things are going great. You want to pray? Thank you. I was just joking. He loves me. 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 You guys have to repeat it with me. He loves me, he loves me, he loves me. Ryan, you can come up. So Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that the journey that you have all of us on, a journey of development, identity, and intimacy would be a living reality for all of us in this room. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you are able to speak to individuals in this room that are struggling to embrace you on this journey. I'm going to ask Jason to come up. I'm going to ask my father-in-law to come up. And there's one person I had in my mind. Let me think. And Tony, come on up. 